Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I want to share with you two simple tips that will really help your communication skills in dating. Before we get into that, I want to share with you my free guide called Copy and Paste Texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes and it's a really helpful guide for the early stages of dating and how to handle those tricky situations where something's feeling off or uncomfortable, but you're not yet sure how to respond. Also, if you haven't already scheduled a free 15-minute coaching session with me, you can do that by going to my Instagram page and clicking the link in the bio. This is a call where you can just ask me any question around dating or confidence, and I will do my best to give you an awesome answer within the 15 minutes. (laughs) So if you haven't done that already, the link is in my Instagram bio. Lastly, if you are interested in learning more about working together, overcoming dating anxiety, learning how to navigate dating situations with confidence and going from dating to exclusive, then I would also recommend checking out the link in the show notes so you can book a coaching consultation and learn more about the program that I have that helps women do exactly that. I just got a tattoo recently with my best friend. I'm still in Switzerland, which is why the audio quality is probably not that great, Um, but it'll be back to normal next week. And anyways, I went to get a tattoo with my best friend. It's something we've been talking about for a long, long time, and you can see it on Instagram if you want to. Anyways, The tattoo artist was asking me what I do, and I told him I'm a dating coach, and he asked me what kind of people I work with. And I mean, that's a really broad question, but I just kind of shared with him one of the most common things around the women that I work with is dating anxiety. And basically, I help women who feel very anxious during the dating process and Um, kind of help them navigate those emotions and help them navigate the situations that are making them feel anxious in dating. And he was like, oh, so like normal people? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, because doesn't everybody feel that way in dating? I mean, that's just normal. And I was like, yes, but they don't know that. They think that something is wrong with them because they feel anxious. He was like, no, that's like what everybody experiences. So I just wanted to remind you that if you're experiencing dating anxiety at all in the process of dating, congratulations, you're super normal. All right, so I just wanted to give you two simple tips for communication, which are super important and simple, but most people are not very aware of them. So the first thing that I notice many, many, many women do in dating is what I call a loop around. So for example, when you need to have an uncomfortable conversation where you establish a new boundary or you have a need that you want to have met in a certain situation that's important to you, you first go to the other person and try to figure out their thoughts and feelings and then you respond accordingly. So what that sounds like, for example, Let's say you want to be exclusive with somebody. A loop around would be going to the person and saying, so are you dating anybody else? Or where do you see this going? Or what are you looking for? 
So rather than being vulnerable and first of all, clearing for yourself where you see this going and what you're looking for and whether you're dating anybody else, you first loop around to them, try to figure out all of those answers from them to avoid being vulnerable. It's much more scary to first clarify what your true desire is and to share it with the person before you know how they're going to respond. But it leads to much clearer communication and it prevents you from people-pleasing, going along with things that don't feel right, and it actually gives you a lot more predictability in a way during the communication because you have already had the conversation with yourself beforehand that established and clarified what your needs were. So before you spoke to the person about this boundary or need, you first clarified for yourself that it was important to you. And then you come into the conversation much more secure versus when you come in kind of wishy-washy. So depending on what his answer is, depending on what he thinks or what he wants, I might change my answer or approach. Using the same example that we have, the opposite of a loop around might sound like, hey, I've been reflecting and I noticed that I would feel more comfortable going forward if we were only seeing each other. What are your thoughts on that? So you first go to yourself, what your reflections are, what your feelings are, what's important to you. And then secondarily, you go to the other person. What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? So it's not that you completely discount them, but you don't base your opinion or what's important to you on how they respond. Okay, so the second tip is when we share our needs with vulnerability, we're more likely to have them met. And when we share our needs without vulnerability, we are more likely to have the opposite of our need met. So there are two ways, main ways that we can share our need without vulnerability. The first way is to just not share it at all. And the second way is to share it with spikiness. So for example, let's just use the same example of exclusivity. Maybe you have a need arise in a connection where you notice it would feel more comfortable to be exclusive. So the way that you share that need without being vulnerable would be to just ignore it, not bring it up, not talk about it, and just start acting like his girlfriend or start not dating other people anymore and just kind of hoping that that need gets met somehow, some way, without you saying anything. The other way of not being vulnerable is maybe your need is for a boundary, connection, security that comes with exclusivity. And rather than saying like, hey, I would feel more comfortable moving forward with that, you say, listen, I don't want to waste my time. So either you're in this or you're out. So sometimes when we have a vulnerable need, like most of our needs feel pretty vulnerable, especially in relation to other people and especially in the beginning. So it can feel really sensitive, vulnerable, and fragile to talk about our need for exclusivity, our need for more connection, our need for cuddles, our need for compliments, all of those kinds of things. And so sometimes we have a way of adding some spikes to sharing that so we'll, we'll use sarcasm or we'll get kind of angry at the person or we'll say things like, you never do this, 
rather than being more vulnerable and saying like, hey, like this is really affecting me or in these situations, I really need this. So here's a really good example where I needed to be very vulnerable around a need that I needed. So in a past relationship, I had some jealousy come up and in response to that jealousy, the other person said things like, why do you feel jealous? That doesn't make sense. I wouldn't feel jealous in that situation. And the more that they didn't get why I felt jealous, the more that spikiness came out of me because I felt like I had to defend myself and I had to make a case for myself and I had to prove how not crazy I was. And of course, then I looked extra crazy. So the more that I came with that energy, the more that they came with their own spiky energy and it just wasn't a good time. So we had other things to do. Later that day, we were in the car and I was reflecting and then I was in a different headspace and I shared my need vulnerably. So my need actually was to feel understood when I was being defensive, when I was being reactive. I just needed the person to get me, not tell me that I'm crazy. So I told the person, hey, in those moments, I think what I really need to hear from you is just, hey, I totally get why you feel that way. It makes perfect sense. And then the person was like, okay, I totally get why you feel that way. And it makes perfect sense. And even though I had just instructed that person to say those exact words to me, it actually met my need. It really helped me feel understood. And I feel like they got where I was coming from. And in the future, when difficult emotions would come up, that person understood how to meet that need of feeling understood and feeling heard in those moments more skillfully. So the spikiness did not work. The defensiveness, sarcasm, straight up yelling, (laughs) not super helpful. Um, The vulnerability was much more helpful in having that need met. Of course, with all of this, it's always a question of, What is my need? What part of it can I fulfill? And what part of it is absolutely necessary to be fulfilled in this relationship? So for example, even though I want my partner to understand if a difficult emotion comes up for me and be empathetic, I can't put that all on them. I also need to practice my own empathy for myself. And when difficult emotions come up for myself, I have to have my own internal dialogue of telling myself that I understand, I get why this is coming up for you, it makes perfect sense, I want to support you. That needs to be there internally. And then we look externally about how we want our partner to be with us in those moments as well. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode or this podcast in general, it would be so amazing to see a review from you on iTunes. You can do that by searching for the podcast as if you're searching for a new one in the iTunes app. And so you just type in Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. And then once you click on it and scroll all the way down, you can leave a review there. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.